Welcome to City Stories, the podcast by Energy Cities. I'm Miriam Eisenman and I'm your host. This podcast is for those who want to learn how cities go about with the energy transition, how they take action with courage and creativity. Today I sit down with Martin Marcos, mayor of the city of Star Nadzazavu in Czech Republic. He is joined by Michal Bakowski, who's a smart city coordinator uh, of the city. And the city counts 21,000 inhabitants and is one of the 10 pilot cities involved in the EU CityCalc project. And after intensive thermal insulation of their buildings and first renewable installations, the city is now exploring new pathways. So this month's episode is really around how energy demand and production can be managed in a mid-sized city like uh, the one uh, in which Michal and Martin are operating. So welcome to City Stories, Michal and Martin. I'm really glad that you're with me today. Hello, thank you for invitation to the podcast. Hello. So for the beginning, let's start with a, a little language lesson for our listeners. Uh, Czech is not the most uh, listened to language. So how do you say energy transition in Czech? Energy transition in Czech, it's energetická transformace. And it means significant change in the ways how to produce, storage, distribute and use the energy. Nice. I, I hope that listeners uh, will will remember that. We might do a little test uh, at the very end of the interview. Uh, thanks for that. And I guess uh, everybody defines energy transition in quite a different way, no matter uh, which language you talk. Now, uh, tell us who you are and what your mission exactly is. Martin, as the mayor of the city, can you just quickly introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, well, I'm mayor, so with a little bit of Humor's, humor's exaggeration. I'm a girl for everything. <laughs> However, seriously, the role of major is to solve problems, to connect people, uh, develop external relationships. I mean, uh, contact with ministries, politics, regional assembly, and other uh, government authorities. And of course, provide visions. And in relation to the field of energy and energy transmission and uh, and climate our vision is to become a carbon neutral and energy efficient town okay thanks we're going to talk about how you want to get to this uh, in a second now uh, michal what is your role in the city okay i am employee of the town hall my role is uh, energy manager of the city My mission is to ensure the energy in a, in our city. It means gas, electricity, and the heat for the municipal buildings and with the minimal price. And then I should watch the energy and water consumption. I should find the opportunities how to enhance the building energy performance in order to reduce energy consumption and consequently to reduce CO2 emissions as well. And if we want to get an idea of how the city looks like, can you take us on a very quick stroll through the city? What sh like, Are there spots that you like most and that you would like to highlight uh, to our listeners? Uh, well, Ešťarnacazov is the uh, same middle-sized town of 21,000 inhabitants. And if we should uh, invite 
your listeners to us and uh, show them uh, the spot which we enjoy or, or we perceive as most most uh, valuable. Uh, it is the pilgrimage church of St. John of Nepomuk at Zelená Hora, which is placed uh, near the monastery here in Zdjar. It is a UNESCO list site and it is a stunning, mesmerizing site designed by Czech-Italian architect uh, Jan Santini. And this is really a very mysterious spiritual spot full of symbols. So try to visit. <laughs> we will we will take note of that, and I think that's already one very good good point to visit. The, everybody could start there probably, and then move around because there's certainly much more to see uh, in Star. But I see that you want to keep uh, secret uh, so that people come to your place, which is fair enough. Um, now let's delve deep into the energy and climate policy that is on the way in Star. You both, uh, your team and the political leaders of the local government are on a journey to revitalize the town in a sustainable way. Uh, Star is meant to reduce its CO2 emissions by at least 40% uh, until 2030 compared to 2000, if I'm not wrong. And until 2019, the emissions were already reduced by 37.94%. So there's little left uh, to the 40%. Uh, what are your next actions to get to those 40%? Okay, the last mile looks maybe very short. However, this is very tricky. This, our city gets larger, new buildings are constructed, new streets are equipped uh, with the public light, and all this development results to the increasing energy consumption. So the current reduction, 37.94%, was achieved mainly by improved thermal isolation of buildings and windows replacement. And this low-hanging fruit is over. And now we have to find and realize complex and expensive measures. It means photovoltaic plants on each suitable roof, the public light modernization, and first of all, the new source of district heat. The current source of heat is based on coal burning. This has no future and another approach must be found. Despite uh, Michael's answer and possible difficulties mentioned, uh, I'm trying to be much more ambitious and uh, I want to go over this goal and and, uh, and rapidly in upcoming years because I, I can see some uh, possibilities how to uh, overcome this, uh, this goal in upcoming three, four, five years. And my job is to dream and Michael's job is to fulfill my dreams. So I believe we will be successful. So you're a good team. I think it's always important to have the one who's uh, steering and pushing and the other one who's who's uh, making things happen. So it's perfect to see you both uh, working together on that. Um As you know, the, this episode is being recorded in the framework of the EU CityCalc project, which is still in its initial phase. Um, but it will have one central tool, which is called the European City Calculator. And uh, so the tool is currently being developed. 
So now I'm, I, I was trying to kind of vision your very first time when you'll get some figures out of this tool. Uh, how do you think will this technology help you do your job better and go this last mile that you just explained uh, being quite ambitious and, and challenging for you? Okay, the outputs of the calculator will improve our ability to develop the city regarding the energy supply and consequent CO2 emissions. The calculator should help us to decide which sources of heat we need, where they should be placed within the city, and which types of sources we really need, based on gas or based on wood or whatever. And uh, I appreciate that there is a very close connection between energy production on one hand and the emissions on the other hand in the calculator. It's connected together. And it's anticipated that emissions will be penalized in the future, emissions of CO2. So it's obvious that city leaders will try to find how to minimize these payments. So the calculator will be useful for this purpose. So it will help you simulate scenarios um, and take decisions on um, energy resources um, in in line with uh, emissions reductions and probably also, yeah, what type of technologies and uh, and policy measures need to be put in place uh, to make make this uh, real. Until then. I, I wanted to hear from you. I mean, Star is a small, rather small city, um, uh, especially compared to to bigger cities that are quite close by uh, to you, like Brno on one side and and Prague on the other side. So, what differences do you see when it comes to approaching climate neutra neutrality between a city like Star and, um, yeah, let's say the capital city of Prague, which is far bigger and which um, certainly um, deals with those issues in a different way, or maybe not. I'm, I'm curious to hear something from you on that. Uh, very briefly, the difference lies in the fact that uh, you are playing on much smaller playground. So the decision and political process, even if uh, it, it is slow in general due to many factors, uh, is uh, in comparison To, to bigger cities much faster and and more smooth uh, and uh, actually because there is so uh, let's say fewer players fewer uh, decision makers or or influencers that uh, come into the whole process so uh, I think this is actually the advantage of smaller town that they Uh, can make the, the projects uh, faster and faster. And I have lived in Prague for 19 years and I am familiar with this city. And according to my feeling, just, just feeling, that people in Prague take care about energy and emissions maybe more than people in small cities as Zdar is and especially in villages. They, I think they don't care much. Mm -hmm. And in 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 Jar, there are many independent family houses which are ruled by their owners only and city has no has no instruments how to influence their manners regarding energy production and using we, we can't affect them 
In the other hand, in Prague, the most citizens are supplied by the energy from few centralized sources. And if you change the source, you can affect many people without any discuss with them. It's more easy. So it obviously a city like Jeddah with so few inhabitants compared to big cities uh, obviously only has a small team of skilled people also who can plan and implement more sustainable practices. So that's a question to both of you. What is your personal strategy to decide on priorities? Because I guess resources are scarcer and you will need to decide what what you want to do first with the, the money and the people who are there. Mm. Uh, this strategy is uh, quite obvious. We have long-term visions, which are broken out into particular goals. And if the goals uh, are independent to each other, then the strategy is to carry out those projects we are most capable to do in terms of human capital uh, capacities and resources and in terms of finance. And the finance in terms of uh, availability of European or national uh, subsidies and funds are actually the core driver of our decisions and strategies. I was wondering what, which is the sector that is currently uh, consuming most energy in your place and that needs to be prioritized? Uh, surely it's buildings. Ah. And uh, second position is public lightning. Public lightning takes approximately 26% of total energy consumption in SDR. If I focus only municipality buildings and municipality equipments, I don't involve private houses to this number. Mm -hmm. So a very important part of the decision is the fact if available dotation can be, can be used and in case the dotation can be obtained, the measure becomes priority, which can be financed by the dotation. So the dotation is very important for us. So a sub a subsidies, you mean? Yes, subsidies. Yes, dotation yes. like subsidies. Uh, the source of dotation is uh, subsidies. Subsidies. Dota uh, subsidies is. That's another Czech word that we're probably about to learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, European budget is the source of subsidies and our government add usually 10% and 5% is paid from our own monies, from our own budget. So uh, usually 85% give us European budget. Um, you've both been previously working in the private sector um, and you're now part of a city administration. People are kind of opposing uh, private and public. Um, for you, what is the biggest lesson you've learned since you're working in a local government? Is there one lesson that you can take away from that? Uh, in my perception, there are two highlights. Uh, first, the decision process is very slow and a bit clumsy, which is a result of the fact that uh, we live in... Uh, democratic environment so long discussions persuasions arguing that's everything good and okay but it takes time which is priceless in terms of uh, carrying out projects mm -hmm. and uh, the second highlight is that 
there is uh, a never-ending fight between public interest and interest of particular groups, which makes the work much more difficult in terms of, of decisions and seeking compromises. Uh, I, I enjoy the acronym NIMBY, not in my backyard. So <laughs> everyone enjoy if you build houses and parks and roads and and plant forests and uh, ponds and whatever. But everybody say not in my backyard, please. So in the private sector, we may say there is a common interest of goals, but uh, it is not present in such a complex entity like town. That's probably yeah one of the challenges that you need to overcome to see how those different interests can come together and play into to a joint vision. I know that this is a huge challenge and cities are in a learning process around this, but sure, you, you will need to get there in order to make things happen and have everybody um, contribute also to the measures that need to be put in place for Yeah, for a better climate and uh, a better city overall, right? Sure. Yeah, you have to uh, seek different kind of language to different kind of groups of people. And to be, a, let's say, a psychologist to... Exactly. To meet their needs. ...knowledge what can be most impressive, let's say, facts yeah. or or information for a particular group of people. Exactly. Listening to them and knowing what they what they need and what they want. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's one of the, the key things if you have to deal with very different target groups. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Michal, do you have any anything that comes to your mind when you compare your your work in, in the private field uh, and and now in, in the local government, which is, in addition, your, I mean, the city that you've been growing up in. So uh, it's probably also something that, that is something nice to be able to shape your own city, no? Yes, yes. The main lesson, if I compare this two environments, the main lesson is the citizens watch very carefully what do you do and criticize it without knowing all the background. So surely you can try to inform them and explain your motivation and the limits you have to face, but it doesn't help in 100%. Every time somebody remains who is unsatisfied. I see. On, you need to on explain. On the other hand, some different, which is very suitable for me. The ideas in a magistrate are not valued strictly by the profit. So it allows you to do something which is useful and from the financial point of view, it's not worth it, but it's worth it from another point of view. For example, public greens and flowers and green roofs and whatever, it's not full of financial profit, but I think it should be in the city and it belongs to the city development as well. Now, one last thing, and that will be my last question for today. If you take a very idealistic look into the future, what is the field in which you'd love to see uh, Star to take a leadership position? Because I know you 
you're you're looking into new options for new energy sources, maybe some more renewables. I don't know if that would be the field or or something else in more in terms of smart city. Uh, where we, would you want to be able to say we are leading um, in, let's say, 20 years, 30 years time? Uh, well, uh, my vision is that Jar uh, becomes a very inspiring blue and green town, carbon neutral, full of green roofs, walls, trees, uh, energy efficient, where, where people use hydrogen or electric means of transport, if any. And uh, in in a nutshell, to become an inspiration uh, that uh, in in where we may live our lives that are better without uh, without being deprived of any comfort we enjoy today. My dream is similar, and I I think that uh, many people in Ashdar use a car as the first choice instead of going on foot or ride a bicycle. Njar is a small city. You can go through by bicycle in 20 minutes if you go from one end to the other end. And if you go in the city center, you can go on foot in 10 minutes everywhere. So I think the bicycle is most appropriate way how to move in such small city. Of course, sometimes you need a car. Nevertheless, the most ways in most days can be done without the car. So that's my dream. That sounds uh, cool. And I think one thing that won't change is the, the church uh, by Nepomuk, which will always be there no matter what else has happened uh, around uh, and how the city has evolved, I guess. So this has been a really nice discussion uh, with you both about dreams and uh, a lot also about the reality that we're facing and the constraints that uh, can come with it. I feel that we've touched on a whole uh, lot of very interesting things. Thanks, Michal and Martin, for sharing your insights. We see that you're exploring new ways. It's it's always a, a difficult and uh, and long path. And I guess your involvement in this project will help the city to gear up to carbon neutrality. You're on a good way. So, yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks again for this discussion. Thank you. You are welcome. As always, if you're interested in learning more about the topics we've been talking about in this episode, please check out the website of the European project EU CityCalc, www.europeancitycalculator.eu, europeancitycalculator.eu. The EU CityCalc project supports cities in becoming climate neutral. The project gets funding from the EU Horizon 2020 program, and it will offer the open source European City Calculator web tool with which cities can plan their measures sector by sector to bring their emissions down to zero.